growing up, there are two institutional places that affect you most powerfully. The church, which belongs to God, and the public library, which belongs to you. The public library is a great equalizer. Keith Richards, from his autobiography, Life. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today's episode is a little different. For one thing, it's a little more personal than some of our other episodes, and it's about a subject that's very important to all lovers of history, and that's libraries. I've spoken in previous episodes about the best books about history and about why you should be reading history. And most recently, I did an episode about the burning of books and the destruction of libraries. Well, I realized I should probably do an episode about why I think libraries are so important. Now, maybe it's completely self-evident, but to some people, maybe it's not, as evidenced by the decline in the usage of our libraries in recent times and the need to make sure that they're funded so that we have them well into the future. In any case, we'll be talking about libraries today and why they matter. There's no doubt that Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards has said and sung some profound things during his public life, and not a few unintelligible ones. But for me, the quote from his autobiography may be his best. Libraries truly are the great equalizer, being the one place that ignores race, creed, income level, and all the other things that tend to divide us. With all the recent talk about the viability of public libraries in a digital age, I find myself looking back at my own experience with public libraries and forward to the future I believe they're still a key part of. I grew up in the public library and in bookstores as well. But where bookstores were always at their core, stores, the library was a place that was different. It was, for me, a temple of reading. The downtown Arlington Public Library was always cold in the summer, a welcome relief from the oppressive heat of a July day. It was warm in the cold days of winter, too, but it's summer that sticks most in my mind, maybe because with school out, I was there so often. Back then, the library cards were made of a heavy cardstock rather than the plastic barcoded ones we have today. The paper card would be warm in my hand when the librarian removed it from the odd-looking mimeograph-type machine that recorded my stack of selections. It was the first card I ever owned with my name on it, and to this day I use it more than my driver's license, voter registration card, and credit cards combined. In those days there were no computer terminals in the library, computers still being decades away from widespread use, and no one had cell phones or smartphones or tablets 
and thus the library was a much quieter place. The librarians, many of whom had received their degrees in library science in the years just before World War II, enforced this silence with the zeal of a born-again Jesuit. In fact, the only place as quiet, then or now, was the church. Perhaps this is another thing that made Keith think of him in his quote. As a youngster, I'd wandered through the stacks for hours, finding gems ranging from the Three Investigators series to Treasure Island, and authors that I still read today like Dickens, Dumas, and Poe, stumbling upon a book by accident and having it become a lifelong favorite is something that just can't be done through an internet search, no matter how many recommendations Amazon might give. And this is just one reason why I think libraries must and will survive in the new digital and ebook world. Libraries will also always survive because of children and the parents of those children. Kids love libraries. Just go by on any weekend and see for yourself. But their parents love them too, for a different reason. There's really nothing better than browsing the titles in the children's section with your kids and finding that they love a book that you loved at the same age. Sharing something from your childhood, like The Count of Monte Cristo or Stranger in a Strange Land, with a whole new generation, certainly beats sitting in front of the television, binge-watching Game of Thrones. Simply noticing which books your kids naturally gravitate toward will give you more insight into what interests them. You can then look for opportunities to encourage and build on those interests. And if those interests diverge significantly from your own, that's good too. Divergent views are a key reason why libraries exist. They're a living, breathing, visible monument to the ideas espoused in the First Amendment. In an era when we can't agree on anything, libraries are the one place that we can go and hear both sides of the story without spin. The librarians who zealously defend the written word stand up for us every day in the face of censorship of every kind from every side. If you don't like the content of a book in your public library, simply don't read it. If you don't want your children to read it, that's your right. They may eventually read it anyway. But don't decide for everyone else what is or is not right to read. I'll give you a perfect example. Ernest Hemingway's classic, The Sun Also Rises, has been banned ever since its publication in the 1920s by various people at various times. It was banned by the Nazis for being too decadent. It was banned by the Soviets for being anti-communist. And in 1981, it was banned by a school district in Florida for being pro-communist. And don't even get me started about the Fuhrer over a teenage wizard. Libraries are a crucial part of our communities. In fact, most of us have taken libraries for granted since we were children. Though libraries today are nothing like what most of us remember. The old card catalogs are gone, replaced by computerized searches. And the vast majority of libraries offer the free use of computers with internet access. 
There are also typically activities for kids and a wide variety of DVDs and CDs for less than you'll pay on Netflix or iTunes because they're free. They're paid for with your taxes, so take advantage of that. This is why usage by citizens has increased dramatically even as many public libraries face the stark reality of reduced staff, reduced operating hours, and even closure during tough economic times. In short, libraries are a vital part of who we are and should never be taken for granted lest we lose them. They're as much a part of the fabric of our communities as our churches, and usually a lot less divisive. As Keith Riley said, they're the great equalizer. If you can't trust the man who co-wrote Gimme Shelter and Sympathy for the Devil, who can you trust? Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.